0: So, Drake is a bit of a gambler. He put a million dollars on the World Cup final match. And get this, he bet on Argentina. So you would think he'd be happy. Except in the betting world, and I'm not a betting man, so I always have to read up on this stuff. There's always provisos to your bet. And in this case, Argentina would have had to win in regulation play, which they did not. They won in a kickoff. So, Drake has lost a million dollars betting on the World Cup. Had he won, he would have won $2.75 million. So, he would have profited $1.75 million, but he didn't. So, he's at a million dollars. And I don't know if he's going to miss that because Drake is just super rich. I haven't seen any estimations on his total net worth, but uh, that house on the bridal path or in the bridal path cost an absolute fortune, and it's only one of a few houses that he owns. And he built that one from scratch. And a couple of policing matters that I want to bring our um, crime and safety expert, former homicide detective Mark Mendelson in on this morning. Good morning, Mark good morning John I'm quite depressed
1: to hear about Drake's loss yeah my imagine yeah, being able to them. lose a million dollars and not miss it I know yeah and for him it, that's dinner right yeah <laughs> it's a that's his dinner. Class. Well, he I went out.
0: And I forget what the price was, but he's got this new diamond necklace that has, I think, it's forty-two diamonds on it, and each one of them is for a time where he either thought about proposing marriage or did propose marriage, apparently. And I just, again, I can't imagine forty-two people. Uh, and I'm lucky to have found one that, <laughs> that you wouldn't get married to.
1: His mother must be so proud.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about more serious things. And listen, we had you booked on the show yesterday to talk about a story, and we brought you back for that story today. But again, I want to come back to why it got sidelined yesterday. Everything that we have learned about this uh, 73-year-old man in the condo in Vaughan who allegedly went on a shooting spree and murdered five of his neighbors and i guess the big question would be this you know mark mendelson they always say if you know some if you see something say something but i have a feeling in a condo tower when you have a disturbing presence everybody thinks somebody else is going to look after it and then you
1: end up in a situation like this yeah and that's going to be one of the big questions that's uh you know that we're waiting for answers for were, were there any? Flags other than what well, we already know. We know that he's been in court. We know that he was uh, sort of identified by the by the justice as a, a vexatious litigant. We know that he was ordered to stop posting, uh, you know, uh, disparaging remarks on social media about the members of the board. All of that being said, did anybody really twig on to the fact that he may be violent? So far, we've had no information that there were police occurrences that he uh, that he acted in a threatening or harassing manner from a criminal code perspective. So that's going to be one of the things that, uh, you know, th- we're going to wait to hear from the police. And I'm sure a lot of the residents and a lot of the other members of the board and other people that have been dealing with him, counsel, et cetera, are probably thinking back now, you know, and asking themselves, was there something I should have done? that may have prevented this. And you know, these these are questions that hopefully we'll get answers to in in, in a couple of days. The other big question everybody's got, the elephant in the room, I, Robert Robert Turner and I were just talking about it, is what's the what's the history of this firearm? Yeah. Is was he in lawful possession of this gun? When did he get the gun? Uh and if he didn't have it in, in lawful possession, they'll try and source it back from there. Did anybody else know that he had a firearm? And would that have been important to put into the into the civil Action that was going on in the Newmarket court for which he was supposed to be in court yesterday, actually. Um, so there's lots of questions. I mean, none of it brings anybody back, but uh, it certainly uh, answers a lot of questions and maybe, you know, the possibility of filling some of those gaps moving on down the road. The other story we brought you in on is a
0: rise in youth carjackings and pharmacy robberies. What's going on here?
1: Well, we went through the pandemic where we were all you know, talking all the time about uh, sort of these high-tech uh, laptop computers that these guys had where they can go in there and, and, and clone your fob and get your you know, car out of the drive in the middle of the night. And what's happened is it was such a high demand, and it is organized crime, John. So what better way to insulate yourself if you're sort of at the head of that snake than to take people who are essentially young offenders, young persons under the criminal code or very close to it, Wave ten thousand dollars in front of them, and 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 without even going to the expense of the computers and the cloning equipment, et cetera, just give them a gun or a toy gun. Identify the vehicle you want. You stop the mid inter- intersection, and you pull these people out of the car and take the vehicle away. Ninety nine percent of 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 us would never would never put up a fuss. We would put up no resistance, nor should we, because really it's just metal and rubber it can be replaced. That's why you have insurance. So the risks were a little bit lower and so by using by using these kids who who now have ten thousand dollars in their pocket which they wouldn't have in years um they they are part of a group part of an organization which if they have self-esteem issues makes them feel much better about themselves and they're making a lot of cash and and you know they can go out and buy their toys and the risk to the organizations is minimal because they're 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 going to be treated as young persons in court. So there's a far less risk of, of anybody getting into trouble and doing some hard time in jail. And it's big money. There's big demand for it. And then what they've also been doing is stealing some of these you know, somebody's beater car, a second or third jalopy that you got in the drive, stealing that has no value. And they've, they have found the new targets now, which appear to be these independent pharmacies. Uh, you know, we think about our box store pharmacies and, uh, you know, there's lots of cameras, and there's alarm systems and lots of people in there. But by targeting These smaller pharmacies, these mom and pop type, these independent type places, they've got a lot of signage on the front window. So when you look inside, you really can't see the dispensing area, which is always in the back of the store. There's usually two, maybe three people working there. They don't have the cameras that, uh, you know, the big box stores have. They go in and they're stealing their opioids. Um, you know, from the dispensing area, they're tormenting and scaring these people. Uh, you know, half to death with guns in their hands, etc. And out they go, quick score. Those drugs are on the street, and and very little um, chance of, of of being caught by you know other shoppers who may tackle them or in-store security people. They don't have that fear, and off they go. And the ages are getting younger and younger. But but you know, John, we've talked about 15, 16 year old, 17 year old kids getting charged with murder in the last six months as well. So they don't have a fear of using these firearms uh, you know against the either you know rival gangs or you know unfortunately sometimes individuals as well um who, who they're committing crimes upon um it, it's a, it's a sad it's a sad state of affairs uh but you know we've we have seen the family courts and the youth courts try to deal with kids that have been having these types of issues to to very little effect, unfortunately.
0: I like your advice. I think it's worth repeating that if you know somebody were to wave a gun in your face while you're driving a car and say, "Give me your car," our instinct is to protect it, but um, we should just get out and surrender it. But I just had the thought. I'd say, "Can I get my golf gloves out of the trunk?"
1: I don't know the way I, I heard the way you've been playing. I think you might want another set, anyways. You may you, you may actually <laughs> relish the idea of somebody stealing those old beater clubs, of yours. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Have a good morning. Take care.
0: That's our crime specialist, Mark Mendelson. Yeah, my golf game is a crime.